we are taking a look, a deep look, at the traditional versus the Roth IRA and considering the real tax ramifications, both short and long term, of how those two types of plans work differently. We are using a really good case study, and you're going to find out how the Roth picture looks now compared to the traditional from a segment ago. My name is Brian Ellis. Let's look into this a little more. It's time. He's here. Now, broadcasting from SDI Central Command in the depths of his hidden compound located far from the rot of Wall Street and Washington. We've again established contact with our leader, Brian Ellis. Hey folks, welcome back to Self-Directed Investor Talk. We've been talking with the great one, Mr. Tim Berry, attorney extraordinaire. Uh, if you need a self-directed IRA or solo 401k attorney, this guy is the man. He knows more than anybody else out there. We've been talking about the traditional versus the Roth IRA, and we uh, discovered that in our example that we started last segment, that the person using the traditional IRA would owe a uh, about $60,000 if they pulled out their IRA balance in a lump sum. So here is the question. We're going to analyze the exact same scenario for the Roth IRA. So, Tim, for that person who did the exact same thing, but they used a Roth IRA instead of a traditional, what what does it look like for them? Nothing. So they get to pull that whole two hundred grand out, and they have no other liability. They have no tax liability whatsoever. So they, basically what they did is they exchanged paying $1,000 40 years ago in exchange for not paying $60,000 40 years later. That's exactly what they did. All right. So to me, to my uh, simple-minded ways, it sounds like the Roth is a no-brainer. Everybody ought to use that. The traditional is ridiculous, foolish, and without you shouldn't even consider it. Why am I wrong? Brian, you're never wrong. This is your show, so you're always right. Well, you're, you're a very good guest. You're very perceptive. If I was wrong, how might I be wrong? <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's all about time value of money. That's what all these various calculations come down to is what is the time value of money? What's your opportunity cost with that? How could you invest that $1,000 in tax savings? Uh, that's the big question. Other big question is what if taxes are obliterated? We go to a consumption tax during that 40-year time period. And now you took the gamble of, I don't want the tax deduction because I think income tax brackets are going to be higher or I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket 40 years from now. But then you aren't in a higher tax bracket. Uh, So there's a lot of different variables. There's no easy black and white answer. If forced to give an easy black and white answer, I'd say if you want to have some complexity in your life, go with the traditional if you want simplicity in your life, go with the Roth. Okay, well, on that basis, nobody would ever cho- choose the traditional. Why would anybody choose complexity? Oh, gosh. Uh, complexity is how you get ahead in this world, isn't it? If you can do things that are more complex for the average person to understand, the average person isn't going to take it, and that leaves a gap for above-average people. Boy, that sounded elitist to say. <laughs> well, elitist or not, tell me why that makes any sense. Uh, because seriously, I'm still looking at this and seeing I saved $1,000 on day one. 40 years later, I had to pay sixty grand. That means I lost $59,000, whereas with the Roth, I lost that $1,000 up front, but I 
saved 60 grand on the back. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a massive, massive difference. Uh, it is a big difference, but uh, first variable to look at. You gave an example of somebody who built up their account from 5000 to 200000 Okay. What if they didn't? What if they lost it all? Mm, okay, yeah. they would have gotten a tax deduction of $1,000 cash in their pocket, uh, even if they lost everything with the traditional. So that's number one. Number two. So if you're if they... a terrible, terrible investor, you should always use the traditional. That's what I'm hearing first. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Uh, other one is... Where would you invest that $1,000? Could you invest it the same way so it had uh, nice exponential growth even outside? Could it be invested in a way that it generates capital gains, which is a lower tax bracket uh, than tr- uh, ordinary income? So the other thing is what's the opportunity cost for that 1000 Could it be invested in a manner so that it could grow pretty good too? So that's another variable to be looking at. Uh, yet another variable is – Uh, For the complexity, we talked about the tax brackets. What are your tax brackets going to be when you retire? Mm -hmm. And also, can you employ tax strategies to offset uh, any distributions from a traditional? What if whenever you retire, you had a bad year, you had a loss and you're 40, so that you could actually take that money and not pay taxes on it? Or is there tax planning you can do to minimize the taxes on distribution? So there's just a lot of neat little variables involved in the whole equation. Okay, so so again, to my simple-minded way of thinking, man, you go with the Roth. But I know that you, sir, disagree with me fundamentally. You you think that the opposite approach, defaulting to the traditional, is wiser and smarter and a better default. And what I want to know is why do you think that, sir? Why do you think that? But don't tell me now. Tell me when we come back. We will be right back. Send your questions and comments to feedback at sditalk.com. And don't even think about relying on what you've just heard as legal or professional advice, because it's not that. And you know it. This show is the property of SDIP Trust. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. 